get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we're kind of hanging out around that concept of um, being filled with the Spirit. And here he's, uh, he's talking about being drunk with wine, keeping you from being filled with the Spirit. That that is the, the ultimate reason for a Christian why you should not get drunk. Because whenever you are drunk, you are being controlled by the alcohol or by your body instead of by the Spirit. And that's the bottom line. And I'm not here to say, is it okay to drink and how much is it, you know. That's not the issue. Um, but the Bible clearly says don't be drunk. And that's why. Um, because it says instead of being filled with wine, be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with wine, you cannot be filled with the Spirit. Um, and sort of where we went from there was that, you know, his example was wine. We, could, we can take from that a principle that there are, are things in our lives that control us that are not God things that steer our decisions, and we kind of build our lives around them. And ultimately, we look to certain things in our lives uh, for, you know, to, to have needs met that God designed us for him to be the one to meet them. And uh, so his example was wine. Maybe ours would, would revolve around relationships of some sort, um, people that look to their spouse to meet needs that God is supposed to meet people that look to the person they're dating or their friends or whatever, um, to have, you know, for those people to provide whatever it is, guidance, support, advice, um, love, uh, a sense of belonging, you know, being cared for, whatever. Um, and while, while God does give spouses and friends and all that kind of stuff to meet those needs, ultimately, he is the one meeting them. Sometimes it's through other people, sometimes it's directly from himself. But when, when we end up looking at um, the means instead of the source, we have, we have a problem. And um, so maybe it's relationships, maybe it's, it's money, you know, um, maybe uh, it's the possessions that money, you know, ends up, uh, that you need, you know, you need money to get possessions. And so maybe it's the money, maybe it's the stuff, maybe it's somehow both, where we look to maybe some of those things for pleasure, for security, for whatever, and you know, God's saying, I'm the provider, you know, I'm the one that's supposed to play that role in your life. Um, we, could, we could look at all kinds of examples, and so really just to sum it up, that the things in our lives that are not God, that we look to for the things that God has designed us to provide. And, and so from there, you know, we looked at the command to be filled with the Spirit, and uh, I'll get to that, that in, in just a second. Um, 
we looked at uh, how we, we weren't the first ones to do this. Um, over and over again in the Old Testament, we see the Israelites uh, choosing to take their lives in their, own, in their own hands, finding ways uh, for things or where maybe sometimes it was control, you know, whatever. Um, they were trying to, uh, to, to have those needs met by something that was not God. So in Jeremiah, it was, he, God said that they were, were digging their own wells that didn't hold water and passing up him who was living water. And um, then last week we looked at, at when Israel, when they really wanted it, they wanted a king. And God said, no, I, I want to be your king. And they said, no, no, we want our own king because all the other na- nations have kings. And, um, and kind of God's response to that. And so for them, sometimes it was personal, sometimes it was corporate, they were wanting a king. But this, this is a human nature kind of thing that is, we see all throughout the Bible of, uh, in different ways, um, people looking at something other than, than God to find what they really need. And um, so that command to be filled with the Spirit, uh, that, that verb um, means a couple of things. One, it's a command, all right? So this is not optional, you know, whatever. Um, it is... Uh, it is corporate, all right, it's, it's plural, so it's meant for everybody. So this is, if you're a Christian, every one of us falls under this command to be filled with the Spirit. Um, it is an ongoing thing, so it's not like be filled once. It's continually uh, we are to be filled with the Spirit. Um, but the, it was the last one that really kind of got me the most. And it's that being filled is something that is done to us by an outside source. That you can't say, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit now. That God, God is the one who does the filling. And so if He's the one that does the filling, we're probably sitting there being like, okay, I'm commanded to do this, and we are all corporately commanded to do this, and this is to be an ongoing part of my life, yet I'm not the one who can do it. I don't understand that. And really, that's the beauty of it, is that God is the one who does the filling. And... Kind of where we've landed is that he does the filling, but we create the space. That we get things out of our lives that are um, taking up that space. That the things in our lives we are looking to to uh, have our needs met instead of him. And so I kind of like randomly did this like Home Depot bucket thing. And so I brought one. So if you like visual aids, if you if you like you know, that kind of stuff, then this is your night. And I'll just go ahead and admit there is a, a high uh, level of cheese in this. So, um, but I just find if you call it ahead of time, somehow it makes it better, at least in my head. All right, so here's my Home Depot bucket. Um, is Trent here? <laughs> this actually came from the Home Depot in Denham, which is where Trent's the manager. So, uh, and Trent Frazier, not Trent Allen. Sometimes there's confusion there. Um, now, okay. So, if our lives are like a Home Depot bucket, and God does the filling, we create the space, then you know there's something in the bucket, right? Because that is where um, object lessons, that's the beauty of them. So, um, all right, so I put some things in there. The first one was a Sprite bottle. Um, this is the biggest object in there, and uh, so maybe, like, maybe this is like that that big issue for you, because one of the things that that 
God's kind of been pushing on us on Sunday nights is to, to not take this lightly. You know, that when the Israelites, when they, when they forsook, is that right? Is that the right word? When they forsook the Lord um, and they, uh, you know, the, the spring of living water and they dug their own cisterns, um, God, this was, this was not a joke to him. He was like, yeah, that kind of hurts my feelings. No, he called it sin. And when Israel, when they wanted a king, um, and they were not happy with God being their king, they wanted a, a human being to be a king, um, he didn't like that either. And so, we've kind of just been asking God, uh, and I say we as though we're all on the same page, I'm just going to assume that we are, but I, at the same time I know the struggle that it is because this has been incredibly difficult for me to apply as well. Um, We've been asking God to show us the foolishness of filling our lives with things that aren't Him, and then to begin to identify what some of those things are. All right. So maybe maybe this is like the big one for you, um, and I don't know what what that is, and I, that's this is between you and Him. Um, but uh, let's say that that that's in there, and there's like some other like random things. There's like a uh, wow, um, the John Foles, uh shrimp and corn soup thing. <laughs> Uh, it's not that good. I wouldn't recommend it. But uh, it takes up space. Maybe this is something else. And there's like just different size containers in here. Um, you know, there's little, little things, whatever. Um, so, so let's let's say that let's say that this is is really what your life looks like. And if you paid attention to science class ever, um, let's assume that these things are all like full of rocks or something or sprite, and that they are heavy. And so let's say that our lives are all packed with all this stuff. Um, what happens when you fill the bucket up with water? Everything in there that is heavy is going to sink. But because of displacement, those things are taking up room that the water should be taking, right? And so that's what that's what this whole thing comes down to is he, God does the filling, but we create the space. And so we get some of these things out of our lives. And the more things we take out, the more space we create for him. So these are taking up room that he should be taking, ultimately. Okay. So, so the question is, okay, so let's say that your life really is like this bucket. And it's got all these different things. And maybe one of them is... Um, maybe it's uh, maybe you're 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 married or you're you know whatever you're some kind of relationship. Maybe one of them is is a job. One of them is school. One of them is um, you know your car or a house or you know whatever. Maybe maybe some of those things in there are um, being athletic or being smart or being successful or being funny or being you know really ridiculously good looking or whatever. Um, whatever it is, um, your life is full of these things, and so you start to to examine them, sort to say, okay, what, which of these things is that is not God am I looking to? What is taking up space in my life that I need to get rid of? Um, the real question is, how do, you, how do you know? How do you know which of those things is good and which of those things is bad? And what do you do about the good ones that you can't really, like, what do you do with that? How do you unpack your life in a way that you, instead of just dumping out the bucket and then, you know, you like, in all your relationships, and you, you know, burn your house down, and you get rid of your car, and you go live in a cave somewhere, you know, that's, that's not the answer. 
Um, so what do you do? So I want to look at it from, from two, two angles, okay? The first one um, was in uh, Galatians 5. This is a passage that our community groups looked at this past week that the college group will look at this week, and then we'll all be on the same page. Um, it's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. All right? um, basically, in a nutshell, before, um, before you, met, you met Christ, you were completely um, controlled by your flesh. You're completely controlled by um, that like self-reliant, self-centered um, ego, okay? And that's the way you made decisions. That's the way that you live your life. That's the way that, that you're born. And until you meet Jesus, that is the only. It's the only way. Uh, you just look out for yourself and you do whatever makes you happy. And if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad, right? And so that is what drives you. When you meet Jesus. Um, instead of leaving that and jumping into this uh, completely like spirit-centered existence, um, he does. He has not um, removed us from that yet. That would be heaven. What he has done now is he has left us to wrestle between those two things: that old nature and the new nature. Okay, the old nature we'll call the flesh. Uh, the Bible calls the flesh. The new nature, the Bible calls the spirit. And so sometimes we'll put up a diagram of, of two circles that overlap, and then there's you in the middle. And so it's that, that war going on between um, basically what's going to be best for you and then what um, is all about the Lord. That's going back and forth. So that's what he's talking about here in verse four, uh, 16. It says, but I, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. All right, now, here's, here's where we're going. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, in this battle between the Spirit and the flesh, um, there are things that we fill our lives with that feed the flesh side of us. Those are the things that need to come out of the bucket and be dealt with. And that's, that's as simple of an answer as I can get. So if you want to unpack your life and you're saying, okay, I'm going to take this seriously and I want to figure out the things in my life that I'm looking to that are not God and I want to know what to do with them, and you start dealing with it, um, look at it through, through this lens. This is a great place to start. All right, so look, look, at, look back at verse 19. Works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Okay? Maybe there are things in your life that bring out those things in that ego side of you. 
those are the things that need to like like literally like come completely out of, of the bucket. All right. This is not something like I'm gonna leave this in the bucket and kind of just learn how to deal with it. These are things that need to exit the bucket completely. And so you look at your life and you say, okay, are are these things that don't belong there? Are these things I'm being filled with that are not God that are controlling me? And so maybe maybe this coming out of the bucket, maybe it involves actually like spending the fifty bucks and getting a like a filter on your like internet on your computer. It's called using your brain, all right? That's not that's not the cop out way, you know. That's not like oh, no, that's not uh, that's not trusting the Lord with it. No, it is trusting the Lord with the brain that He's given you. And so if if internet stuff is an issue, and you're like, okay, I I need. I need to get Safe Eyes or one of those programs on my computer, but I can't afford it. And you come talk to me, and we'll get it put on your computer. It is, it is important. Maybe it, it's not as much to do with the Internet. Maybe it takes on other forms of media or whatever. Maybe it's, maybe it's an inappropriate work relationship. Maybe there's that flirty person at work, guy or girl that for some reason you know in the back of your head like I need to get away from him or her well then you need to start like drawing some lines you need to like you gotta act on that that doesn't need to to remain in the bucket and so there's something in your life that is bringing out that fleshy side of you and it's showing up in sexual immorality impurity sensuality which is everything from actions all the way to just thoughts, that doesn't belong in there. That doesn't belong in there. Look at the next one. Idolatry. Sorcery. All you sorcerers. <laughs> but idolatry and sorcery, I mean, really, like, if you think about it, um, sorcery is relying on something supernatural-ish to try to accomplish something instead of God, right? I mean, I love Gandalf, but the dude was, you know, a sorcerer, a wizard. I'm just kidding. It's a book, I know. And this is not condemning Harry Potter or any of that kind of stuff. But in our own lives, I mean, this is, I mean, now at the time, like, that was a big deal at them and maybe it's a big deal where you are too but the principle is the same idolatry and sorcery I mean it's it's looking to something other than God to try to accomplish something that's bigger and so maybe there are things in your life that like like literally are idols for you where you look to it for value and worth or whatever if it's not the Lord then it doesn't belong in there so if you're looking to your spouse, get rid of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a second. But there are some of those things in our lives that we really like, need to, to look at, seriously getting rid of. Saying, like, I cannot believe that, that this is so important to me. That my possessions are, I completely am identifying, like, all my identity comes from, you know, whatever. Um, enmity, strife. All right, we're talking about um, intense anger. Um, you ever, you know those, uh, let me just say, I'll say it like this. A couple years ago, we had guys who 
uh, would get together and they would play video games all the time. And then they would fight. Like, almost physically, like, knock each other out. And um, finally, one of them just, like, cowboyed up and was like, look, guys, we can't do this anymore. This is so stupid. There's no reason we should be, like, wanting to kill each other. This video game brings out the darkest parts of us, and that there's no fruit in that. There's no benefit in that. And so they just, they just quit playing for a while. And I thought that was one of the most mature things I, I, I'd ever seen, just saying, okay, this is bad. Well, I can, this needs to get out of my life for a little while until, until I can detox a little bit and then figure out how to not want to kill you, literally, and on the screen. And so maybe there are things in life that bring out that, that anger and um, all that kind of stuff, and it, it keeps going, it kind of says the same stuff, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Um, you know, all, the, all, the, all these things that come between us, um, I've known females who, who got to the point where they're like, you know, I'm so obsessed with my like, body image, um, and I realize that like, I will sit here and like, completely be depressed about my body image and all these issues I have, but yet the only magazines I ever buy are full of things that are sending me those messages. And so it like, makes the most sense of, okay, well, those things need to get out of my life. So you you get rid of the magazines, you know, you don't buy them. It just makes so much sense. And so, uh, I guess I should keep taking stuff out. So there are more things that start coming out of our lives. Because there are things that are in here that just don't need to be there. We don't need to have anything to do with them. And so, a lot of us just having just the, the discipline to put this stuff into action. And so that's how you know what are the things in my life that need to completely go they're the things that, that appeal to the flesh and um, bring, out that, bring out that side of us, that self-reliant um, ego that just makes us happy. And you don't care what anybody else says. You don't care what God says. You don't care what the Bible says. Whatever. And so that's one way of looking at the stuff in the bucket. So if you want to know where to start, maybe that's a good list to go from. So, all right, so let's say that we've gotten a couple of these things out, and uh, we're really working on that, but yet, there are still things in here, and we don't know what to do with them. All right, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Because like I said earlier, I mean, if, if your entire identity is wrapped up in, um, I'm just going to pick on married people because I'm not one, uh, so I can say it and not be a hypocrite. Um, if your entire identity is wrapped up in the fact that you're married or is wrapped up in your spouse and what they think about you and all that kind of stuff, or it's wrapped up in being a parent, you know, um, if, it's, if it's all about the kids, it's all about the kids, it's all about the kids, and, um, but it's not in, a, not in a healthy way. Because I, I really, I think that it's one of the coolest things when you have a married couple and they are just all about each other. I, I like that so much. When they build, they build each other up, they talk great about each other when they're not around and when they're there in front of each other. and um, They speak highly of each other and they, they're encouraging and they, just, they work well together. And, and I love great parenting and we have tons of great 
parents and great marriages here at the ring. Um, but at the same time, there are, it can very easily become unhealthy at the, same, at the same time. It can become too much about your spouse or too much about the kids or whatever to where your entire existence is, is about them. And it stops being first about your relationship with God and then secondly, your relationship with your spouse and third, about your relationship with your kids. And so I would say that, yes, marriage can become an idol if you're not careful. Marriage can take up space that you need to create for the Lord. Um, but the thing is, isn't marriage good? Married people? No? Ooh. Man. Marriage is good. Kids, good. All right? Maybe, maybe it's one of these things is a job. I mean... Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So jobs are good. Providing shelter for your family, that's a good thing. It's not bad to have a house. Transportation to get to work, it's not bad to have a car. I mean, that's... So what about the things that belong in your life, that belong in the bucket, all right? Look at Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 15. All right, this is all about Christ. It says, He is the image of the invisible God firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created. Okay? So, everything that you see was created by Jesus. So the things in the bucket were created by Him. Alright, that's pretty cool. By Him all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So everything in the bucket was created by him and through him, but also for him. So your marriage is for Jesus. Your job is for him. If you're a college student and you're in school, um, like you doing well academically, that's for him. Getting a degree and making something of your life, that's for him following his will. Maybe his will is for you to not be in school, and maybe you need to get straight to work. All that's for him. So everything in the bucket is his. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Alright, he's the one He's the one holding the planet together. We like to think it's gravity, but it's not. He just uses gravity. Gravity, um, he's over that. Verse 18, he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Here it is, that in everything, he might be preeminent. And in everything, he might be preeminent. That is the ultimate goal of everything inside of the bucket. And everything of, inside of your life and my life. The preeminence of Christ. When you, when you look at your job, the preeminence of Christ should be the ultimate goal. That's the purpose why um, work was created, to point us back to Him. Adam and Eve sinned, the snake got cursed, the earth got a curse, the woman got a curse, the man got a curse. The man's curse was that he was now going to have to work. And so the fact that every, all of us have to work points back to our need for a Savior, which then points to Jesus as the one. Therefore, He is exalted. 
That's, I mean, very simple connecting of the dots, but that is the preeminence that's there. So really, every time the alarm clock goes off and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can make it through another day of work. Theologically, it's like, yep, way to go, Adam and Eve. Good thing Jesus came and died on the cross for you. That's, that's how it works. So everything in the bucket is all about his preeminence. Verse 19, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Everything reconciled to him. Making everything new. Redeeming everything. Everything being back, brought back to him. And letting him be the, the prince of peace presiding over all things. So, you take all that in mind, you look at the things in the bucket through that lens, and what we need is a shift in perspective, all right? Because this is still a Sprite bottle that's, in theory, full of Sprite that sinks to the bottom, and all these things are still full and are still taking up space. But I think it's all in, in how we look at it. Because we can look at it like these containers, they're taking up all this space, or we can look at things differently. And this requires a big paradigm shift for uh, probably all of us, just in different ways, to really look at um, all these different facets of life very differently. Instead of looking at them like that, we look at them like a, like a sponge. Okay? So, you can look at your job as a shrimp and corn soup bucket that takes up space, and when, as God's filling you, it's taking up space that should be his. Or you can look at your job as a sponge, where the filling of the Spirit also fills up your job. So instead of it taking up space, the Spirit completely indwells in work for you. And maybe it's not work, you know, maybe it's something else. Um, maybe it is a marriage thing. And so, yeah, I brought a bunch of sponges. So maybe it's about how do you look at your marriage, you know, and you make a decision. You say, all right, is our marriage going to take up space in our lives or are we going to create space? And are we going to let the Spirit of God fill up our marriage just like water would fill up the sponge? So that He has the preeminence in literally everything that goes on. And that, it requires us to really think differently. To look at our money differently and possessions and relationships and the tasks just of every single day, how we interact with people and how we parent and how we live in community and all that stuff. That everything inside the bucket should be a sponge instead of being an empty container that takes up space. So that when he's filling us and we're continually being filled, all those areas of our lives are filling up as well. So that when you go to work, you are completely saturated. That your existence there is more than you just taking up space in a cubicle somewhere or whatever. 
And so really it comes down to us really making, making some intentional changes in our lives. And it's going to begin with prayer. It's going to begin with you saying, okay, God, I, I know that I look at money like a Sprite bottle instead of like a sponge. All right, I'm just going to chase this analogy until it's dead. You start there and you say, that is, that is, my, that is one of the things where I am, I am the problem. I want to look at it like a sponge. I want the Spirit to fill that area of my life. Continually, I want to create that space. And it begins with you praying that prayer and asking God to do that. And then it may come down to some changes. Let's take the money area. I mean, you may have to start like giving money away. You may have to get rid of some of your possessions. You may need to um, increase the tithe. You may need to turn down a promotion that's going to require more hours and more whatever of you, more time away from the family or whatever. But that increase in salary is so appealing, you may have to turn that down. I mean, who knows? Or, or you may take a promotion that gets you more money, but then that extra money is now just going to someone else, somewhere else, instead of a new car or a new whatever. So be real careful with those prayers about asking God to show you how to shift that paradigm, because when he does it, it may, it may re- require some things of of you that you aren't comfortable with. But I don't think he really cares if we're comfortable or not. I think he wants to fill us up. I think he wants as much space to work with as possible. I think he wants marriages that are filled with the Spirit and work perspective that's filled with the Spirit. And college students who look at school as a chance be filled with the Spirit and to go into a campus that's full of people from all over the world and to be a light for Him. I, mean, I don't think there's... I, mean, I could come up with scenarios for hours. So I don't know how if this fits into your life. I, I don't... I know some of how it fits into mine and I know there's a lot of stuff you're still working on. And there's so much of me that just didn't even... has just dodge this whole these whole couple of weeks because it's just uncomfortable because I've grown so comfortable with things filling up my life that aren't him but this is abundant life is a bucket full of sponges being filled with the spirit over and over and over and over continually and if this if that's what all of us look like in this church then we're going to continue to just become a dangerous, dangerous group of people in the city. The good kind of danger. So, so here's what we're going to do. The band's going to come up. We're going to do one more song, and you probably predict what it's going to be. Um, I think it just pertains very much to where, what we've talked about tonight. And um, we're, just going to, we're going to sing it as, as a prayer. And it's, whether you mean it or not, it doesn't matter. And that sounds kind of weird. I think we're too hung up on, well, if I don't mean it, I better not say it. 
I think God really says, you know, the truth is the truth, whether you mean it or not. Let's, let's sing it. And like uh, Eugene Peterson says, it's easier to act yourself into a new way of thinking than to think yourself into a new way of acting. So maybe by us singing this together as a prayer, as a request, as a dedication of ourselves, maybe some things will be unlocked inside of us. So let me, let me pray for us. Ben, y'all can go ahead and make your way back up here. Um, let's, uh, let's pray together. God, um, God, I hope that that you were able to speak through my jumble words and cheese ball illustration. But God, I, I guess sometimes that's that's what we need. You know, we need we need to deconstruct some of these concepts. And a lot of times, our faith we. We just complicate it so much and we make it about things that really aren't that important. It really comes down to all of life being about you. And anything that stands in our way, we want to get rid of. And so, as we, uh, as we close our time together tonight by singing this song as a, as a prayer, as a declaration or whatever God I pray that you will that you will ignite something in us God that this will push us forward that we will be encouraged by the character of the one who's calling us Help us to um, to fight against that natural leaning toward ourselves and our egos. God, that we ask that you would begin to give us a vision for what our lives could look like with all those different areas being filled by you every moment of every day. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.